everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, owner-founder of my namesake company, Be There in Five. Claim to fame is the Remind Doormat, doormats that see you on your way out instead of on your way in, of course, to remind you of things you might forget when running out the door, like not to burn down your house by turning off your appliances. Also, maker of artwork, small business consultant, author, as of, I I almost forgot, (laughs) as of late last year, I had a book come out called Twinkle Twinkle Social Media Star, inspired by my entrepreneurial venture and the what felt like a requirement of shameless self-promotion on social media and me channeling my discomfort into a poem that is a satire, essentially, of influencers, in a loving way, of course. It, it explores a world in which nursery rhyme characters had Instagram accounts with accounts like Mary Had a Little Scam, at Little Bo Peep, having a GoFundMe for her lost sheep. Goldilocks and the Three Bears have a dating app called Goldilocks and It Down. Really, it's just a who's who of the classic Mother Goose characters, and in the book, Mother Goose is Chris Jenner. And I'm very proud of it, and I love it, and the whole thing rhymes, and I would love it if you'd consider buying it. And I promise that's the last time I'll talk about it on this episode. I hope everybody had a very happy holiday season, a happy new year. I hope all your old acquaintance be forgot, never brought to mind. I don't know what that means. It doesn't sound positive. I don't want to forget my acquaintances. I'm trying to acquire some. So, well, actually, the only the only time I've ever liked that song is an incredibly sad, like kind of Irish sireny version of when Carrie Bradshaw was like New Year's Eve and a cup of noodles. And she watched that uh, meet me in St. Louis with Dorothy or Judy Garland. That was really depressing. And then she took the subway like what gross.com for carrie not for me well and for me too and then is it afterwards that she dyes her hair brown and gets jennifer hudson my god all i want is a jennifer hudson to walk like waltz through my door be incredibly enthusiastic cute as a button have no shame in the rental purse game and you know just like turn my life around but like want to you know it's so hard to get people that actually you know like their job everyone's just stringing together job by job till they do what they really want. But what what does that even mean, you know? It's wild. This is a really positive note to start the year on. I don't need to go go further into my uh, (laughs) career conundrums. I'm going to stop doing that for the near term. I think you heard enough of that last fall. But um, I'm, I'm excited to be back. I am so blessed to be renewed for a second season. Thank the F, the S, the HS. I, I never saw it coming. And, um, you know, even though I'm the one that gave myself permission to do this, we do have like 225 star reviews. So that was enough for me to, to keep going and to say, Let, let's do this a few more months. Let's try to get some advertisers. Let's make this a thing and make it a thing that I can spend more time on and prioritize better and do consistently and do the same time every week. And I really, I really, really love this so much. And I'm so appreciative that you're back. And I appreciate you being patient with my lack of consistency when the book came out and over the holidays and stuff. I did bring a mic to North Carolina with my family, but never quite could gauge if anybody wanted to record with me. <laughs> um, but luckily, my sister, my dear sister Kelly, a, a, a frequently requested guest on the podcast, she and I recorded a Patreon episode on Saturday that's actually almost two hours long that I'm chopping up into two parts because I actually really liked it. It's partially pop culture, partially serious. We do discuss the most, you know, earth-shattering program out right now, which is that of the Masked Singer. So if you haven't watched that yet, maybe watch it because, um, or you can skip through that part. It's only like 10, meh, five, 10 minutes, but 
it's actually a really interesting show, and I, I, I hate singing competitions, and I would have never thought I'd like it. So, you know, just something to consider. Um, but we uh, also played Name That Tune, which was extremely fun, and she played five, ten seconds of a song, and I, had, and I had to guess it from, like, just hearing the beginning of the intro. And, you know, somebody in the Facebook groups suggested that, and I loved the idea, and we had so much fun, and I want to do something like that again. It was almost like my sister putting my pop culture knowledge to the test. Like, I'm the only one here, and I'm telling you I'm the expert, but I needed to prove it to you. And let me know if you have any ideas for fun segments or games, because I love all that stuff. Live for a game. Um, so what's been earth-shattering this week? I uh, Well, I'll get into my sister's portion of the episode in a little bit. And this week I'll give you this tool today. I'll give you the first half and then Thursday or Friday, I'll put up the second half. I just thought it would be a little bit much to get, start the year out with like a two or almost two hour episode. Don't want to don't want to fatigue you too early. Um, and also, I don't know, it's kind of more fun. Then you get like feel like you have two episodes in a week. I think I should start doing that more often and try to keep these to an hour. Because unless you're on a road trip, like who really has like two hours of idle time to listen to me flap my jaw? Um, oh yeah, and real quick, um, the song I played, Florence and the Machine, Shake It Out, not to be confused with Shake It Off by Taylor Swift or Mariah Carey, I mean, clearly we know which one's superior there, it's, I love this song, not because I, I, well, I love the style of Florence and the Machine, it's probably no surprise that her style of music is right up my alley, but I love this song for the new year, because it's kind of like, well, she A, she wrote it when she was hungover, which I think is kind of funny because I, too, feel like I have great ideas when I'm hungover or like I'm a smidge funnier. Is there something about the physical pain that gives you less of a mental filter, perhaps? Um, but she was kind of saying, like, when you're hungover, literally, or whether by kind of an emotional experience where you're just like so exhausted and drained after... The importance of, of, of shaking it out, of shaking it off, of moving on, of uh, over and out, up and away, and just moving forward. And I think that for me, you know, it's so easy to carry over my issues from 2018 into 2019, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to shake it out. I'm going to focus on my word that Kelly and I will talk about. And um, and I also kind of love that she is to suggest toward the end of the song that, like, you'll dance with the devil again. Like, and it'll probably be a great time. We're nothing if not cyclical, and that's okay. Just you always, you just got to keep getting up and keep being resilient and keep shaking it out. And I love this message, and that's why I wanted to start on this note. Nothing, not, not, nothing deeper, nothing crazier, nothing tangential, tangential, but um, important to note nonetheless. So, okay, what was I talking about? So, earth-shattering topics. Okay, Kendall Jenner. I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but I was. I was hopeful that it was going to be a productive conversation about mental health. She seemed sincere in the video. She looked, she looked fresh-faced. She looked natural. She looked like she was about to c- confess something with a K. But the f- more I thought about it, I was like, no. These, who, 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 remember who you're talking about. They're not trying to make the world a better place, for the love of God. They're trying to s- sell, sell us like anything and everything they can. And the way Kris Jenner positioned it was like, I'm so proud of my daughter, hashtag brave. She has a big announcement. Uh, She literally hashtagged brave and be the change and inspired. So I thought, okay, this can't be about cosmetics or something. So I was like, maybe it's about act. So I was like, maybe it has to do with her like skin issues because she did have trouble with acne. And then 
E! News had posted, like, remember when Kendall Jenner got acne shamed last year? And I was like, oh, no, they're in bed with E! So they're setting up something. I was like, it's probably going to be about acne. And I said it would be, a, like, a proactive-like thing because it's only a matter of time before Kendall and Courtney both have their own products to shill. Chris needs each kid to have a solid product-based revenue stream that is more scalable than their, her individual offspring so that she gets 10%. She runs a tight ship. And um, I kind of like said that as a joke in the proactive thing. I thought maybe she, if she was going to talk about acne, I was hoping that the, the uh, announcement for the announcement was so, it, it seemed so serious and like ominous almost. I was hoping that it was at least about bullying. Not that I wanted her to get bullied, but I assumed it was like I was tortured because I had a, you know, pizza face. But nope, sure enough, she is a new ambassador for proactive I, I am going to guess she got paid at least $5 million. Like, I, I, for, you know she doesn't use it. And what would it take for her to hawk the same thing that, like, Alyssa Milano does? Oh, no, she's when hair care. Does that make your hair fall out? I, whenever I see him on Jeff Lewis or listen on Jeff Lewis Live on SiriusXM, Chaz does seem like he knows what he's talking about. And uh, they're, they're doing Monroe, their daughter, Sud Free. When for life. She's a when baby. She's never going to have Sudsy. Shampoo, and I am interested to hear how her follicles fare. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, I just don't think that this is very on brand for Kendall. I think it's a little below her. I don't think Guthy Renker is really where you're going after you close the Chanel show at Paris Fashion Week. And I don't know. I guess the bottom line is she had to be paid a fortune because she is, she works with Estee Lauder and these huge brands and like already has her face on a lot of campaigns that speak to a different market and maybe Kendall will do wonders for the proactive market. Um, but I've got to believe that her numero uno choice was not to work, you know, for a mall kiosk company. Just, just a hunch. I don't know. It's very when the Kardashians sold at Sears, you know, I think that they've, they've moved past it. Um, sometimes we're reminded of, you know, some ghosts of promotions past, whether it's, it's Chroma beauty or, Kim Kardashian for shoe dazzle, but for the, the large part, they've moved on to larger promotions. But I don't know. Kendall, Kendall's regressing, and I, I hope it's with good reason. To go from Chanel number five to four easy payments of $19.95 is, is no easy feat. And she she may be that that's where the bravery lies. The the bravery is not within her quote unquote vulnerability about the acne once experienced by her near perfect exterior. The vulnerability is in her doing this campaign. So maybe Kris Jenner quoting Gandhi made sense after all. Be the change, Kenny. Uh, take on companies that maybe aren't on brand for you for a huge paycheck and inspire millions around the world. I frankly, for one, am inspired. I, I And thank you to all of you who messaged me. I did kind of predict that this was happening, but other people did too. And I'm not like really into the... Um, I called it. Like, I get annoyed when people are like, I called it. And then, like, everybody called it. And I, I don't think, like, I'm that unique or brilliant. The only times I will be like, I called it, I told you so, is if, like, all of my theories about Taylor Swift unfold. But jury's still out on that one. I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, but anyway, it's always fun when I feel like my pop culture hunches are close because then I don't feel so... I, I feel more licensed to be doing this, to be reporting in an unofficial capacity... In, in the entertainment field. I'm no E! News. And I'm no comments by celebs or other uh, platforms that seem to 
just absolutely ass kiss every celebrity in town and refuse to talk about them. So maybe I'm a safe space because I will never actually be friends with these celebs. But I like it that way. You guys are my people. Anyway, what else has been going on? Oh, also, I talk about um, more about Kendall. I talk about uh, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Um, I don't want to get into it here. Go listen to the Influencer Girl podcast if you want my full opinion. But bottom line, guys, I don't know if it's worth your watch. <laughs> it's, it's a low-rent Vanderpump Rules. And it's not about Lindsay. It's a, it, it, it's, she's trying to make it a situation where there's this, this feigned concept of professionalism being thrust on the viewer that we know is not actually true because a bunch of these random people just flew to Mykonos to film a show and not actually to have a career in food service or hospitality. So it's like, I don't know. It, it's, it's a clef. It, it's hilarious to A, see her trying to be so professional and like really lay down the law when she's like talking. I mean, her, her, that, that was more like of a gremlin than a Lilo, but um, is Lilo from Lilo and Stitch a gremlin? Interesting. Never thought about how they have the same name. Um, her voice is so deep. It's so smokery. It's so like, she had the rasp when she was little and it was cute and it was charming. It's, it's, it's the, you know, it's the Jennifer Lawrence, the Emma Stone of it all. Like we, we, the, the Scarlett Johansson, like that voice is so appealing, nothing against it. But now it's like, what has she done where it is like so low, so low, Han? I, I don't know what's been happening there, but all I need is clarity on the whole Syrian refugee borderline kidnapping sitch she got herself into on Instagram Live and then refused to acknowledge. So I think she owes the people that at the very least. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so funny with like a show about a, a, a job where the stakes are pretty low, you know, <laughs> like I love when whether it's like, you know, things like House of DVF where they're pretending like, you know, getting the right accessories for this fashion shoot is like a make or break in the grand scheme of the world. Or it's Vanderpump Rules where Lisa like has a sit down with the waitstaff of Sir who have been on reality TV for like eight years and who make way more money that, on the show than as a server. But they have to pretend like they actually care about polishing the wine glasses and whose section Lisa's dinner party is in and talking to people respectfully as if it's a goal and to be respectful and not a goal to be disrespectful because that makes the show better. Like Lisa firing James from see you next Tuesday is so stupid. Like that's not real. It's for the show because see you next Tuesday is it's a moneymaker. Like a spectator like me is going to go to sir specifically to watch James DJ. And I, 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 for one, am fascinated that these people are put on TV, but also made accessible to the gen pop. I think I'm shocked it hasn't gotten to a point where Sir needs some pretty serious security because like, I don't know, some creep stalker could come looking for Sheena Shea. Actually, no, they wouldn't probably come for her. I don't know. They could come looking for Lala or Raquel and they're just like, they're open to the public, but they are famous. I, I, it's, it's wild. But anyways, yeah, Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club. Maybe I'll stick for, around for one more episode, hoping that she'll open up a bit. But largely, it's, it's a classic example of I don't know. The stakes are low. The, the wait staff may be high. You know, it, it's, it's hard to tell. Anyways, didn't I say like, I'm not going to talk about it because I talk about it on Monica's podcast. But anyway, it, it, it's fun. Go listen. We talk about, well, I just elbowed a CBS bag that's filled with dry shampoo and sour bright crawlers. 
that was a little sound effect you just heard. <laughs> but anyway, we, we talk about influencers, the climate that influencers are currently in, how I think they need to be evolving and they're not, how uh, what I think is the key to success in online following. We, we had a great conversation. Monica's awesome. Um, and you can find it just by looking up the Influencer Girl podcast or find her at, at Monica Woodhams, W-O-O-D-H-A-M-S. Um, but anyway, so much fun. Love guesting on other podcasts. It's way more fun to be interviewed than to have to just talk to myself for an hour straight. But sadly, I'm not a great interviewer. Like I'm good. I can have a conversation, but I'm not great at like, I don't know, driving a conversation in a certain direction. As you'll notice with Kelly, we're, we're just as tangential as I ever was alone, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the fun in it, right? I'm trying to think about what else happened this week or over break or things I should address before Kelly and I's convo. Oh, you know how I always say I'm so disenchanted by movies? I, I saw two movies I actually liked, and I actually sat through the whole thing, which is truly impossible. I saw Crazy Rich Asians, which I know, hello, I'm late. Be there in five months. And A Simple Favor, which I was intrigued by from the beginning because even if the movie was awful, I am compelled enough by Blake Lively's unwavering ability to pull off a power suit that I would have thought the movie was good. But it didn't disappoint in terms of content, in terms of plotline, in terms of wardrobe. I was talking to my friend last night about how, like, there's no movies that, like, bloggers or influencers are in. Like, uh, chick flicks are still really trying to convince us that you can make enough money to have a two-bed, two-bath in, you know, the West Village by working at a magazine or being in publishing when the reality is you're making under 40k and like struggling to piece together the room you share with somebody else in like Jersey City. So I I liked that they were bringing in a little bit more a, a, a career from the modern era. But, you know, anything other than that the storyline is not believable whatsoever. But I didn't I like didn't really I don't know. The whole time I was like, what's going to happen next? It really was interesting. And people told me it was more of a comedy, but I actually was like kind of scared half the time. So, but I'm easily scared. I loved it. Obviously, Crazy Rich Asians, a work of art. Not necessarily. I mean, like the story's fine. I actually thought it was like the exact same story as any Hallmark movie. Like girl falls for unassuming boy who just wants to be known for who he is, not where he comes from. Girl finds out where boy comes from, tries to go home two boys hometown and is met with a disapproving mother that thinks she can't possibly understand the pressure he's under to uphold the societal constructs that he's been born into and of the hopes and dreams he has for she has for her son that can't be accommodated by a commoner because commoners like gross if you don't have money you are a pile of hot garbage to this horrible mother character that inexplicably turns around toward the end, despite all of her flaws being very rooted in her baseline character that you just you don't change overnight. Girlfriend has a long life ahead of her dealing with that mother-in-law. Let me just tell you that. But it's it's literally like like tit for tat, same plot line as Lacey Chabert's um, <laughs> A Royal Christmas on Hallmark. Fine, fine film. The one where she wears a sequin beanie the entire time. And I'm like, if 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 you wear a sequin beanie to the palace, I, I cannot help you. I, I just can't. That That is a terrible decision. And Jane Seymour had every right to not gift you one of her beautiful open heart collection uh, exclusively at K Jewelers. Uh, items of jewelry and just to hate her. But anyway, uh, the, the, the fashion was unreal. The setting was unreal. The impression it gave me of Singapore was unreal. And 
my heightened sensitivity to people that come from um, serious money was 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 more triggered than ever. <laughs> I like I feel like the past couple of months, like I'm I'm like so deep in throwing creative darts and hoping that something, you know, kind of becomes my source of consistent income that I like when people can't see all the opportunity in front of them that comes with steady income, a salary that comes with not having to claw your way toward every paycheck. I just want to be like, oh my God, think of the change you could enforce. Think of the things you could do with your time. Think of all of the businesses you could start risk-free. And I just see the world so differently after I quit my job and went out on my own. And I'm trying not to come from a bitter place, but from a place of like, if anybody, you know, wants my two cents on what they could be doing and, and how they should feel about starting a business, I want them to feel encouraged that at the very least, you have, you have nothing to lose. And with great privilege comes great responsibility. And I love seeing people doing great, important, big things with their money, not just wasting it away on partying and vacationing. Um, but, you know, I, I, one of my goals for 2019 is to be a little less judgy. I, I struggle because like some, so much of it is like hyperbole exaggeration for comedy's sake. I never like really mom shame or shame somebody for their lifestyle or whatever they do. Like everybody's fighting a harder battle. Everyone has their own stuff. And I really do understand that. And I uh, like to be in a place where I'm giving people grace and the benefit of the doubt. But at the same time, when you have a platform, you know, you have a platform and it's a shame not to use it for some good. And whenever I see situations where people just seem to only be using what they have to just brag and show off about how big their house is and how great their parties are and how much fun they're having. I'm just like, I wish you understood how much this impacts your average person at home who is, has young children or who has just gotten fired or who is in a tough place and they go to Instagram for an escape, for an escape, escape, escape only to be met with this, this of comparison. And yes, that has everything to do with the person on the receiving end and nothing to do with you. But I think by maintaining a sense of being in touch with reality, of showing your vulnerabilities, of, of just being a human that has some baseline relatability that you're never going to get from your aspirational posts alone, you have, so much, you, have, you have so much more longevity and potential in social media. Because I really think we're about to hit a place where the bubble's going to burst and people are just going to be over you if you're not being at least a little bit real and relatable aspirations for the birds and relatability is the currency. And this is what Monica and I were just talking about on her podcast is like, I think that people are stuck in the, you know, 2012 heyday of blogs of like to know it of beautiful feeds of curated fashion lifestyle posts only. And I think that the, the, the demand is, is headed elsewhere and I hope people catch up. And, um, I know that has nothing to do with crazy rich Asians and I just went on another tangent, but you know, it kind of made me think a lot about how it's so fun to watch the lives of the rich and famous. And maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because I see the world differently, but I also just don't have a lot of patience for extravagance for the sake of extravagance when it's inherited and not worked for, you know what I mean? Anyways, I guess I should be looking in the mirror because that is the life I'm giving Tugboat. I mean, as far as he can, he's concerned, he lives in the lap of luxury, but he's bored all the time. He doesn't like his sweaters. He's always trying to get off his raw food diet, and I just created a monster, and I perhaps need to look inward before I bear children. But anywho, the other thing about Crazy Rich Asians that made me laugh that like kind of is the problem with every movie ever is this concept of like, 
you're hitting a climax, like a big point in the movie, a turning point. And there's a misunderstanding that happens when the characters are not with each other in person. And then the people reunite and the person's like, let me explain. But then the other person runs away and never lets them explain. Like that would never happen in real life. Because in real life, if the person you love and you want to love you is there's a misunderstanding and there's an explanation, I, I would I would park. I would take a seat. I would bring a cooler and let them explain. Because I want it to work. You know what I mean? Like, I think that stubborn sort of movie character is so unrealistic. And that's what drives me nuts. And I felt like Crazy Rich Asians and a lot of the Hallmark movies I watched over the holidays. It was so much like, let me explain, but you don't understand. And like, let's just have a conversation, you know? But I guess it's for dramatic effect. And what can I do? It's kind of like how um, in movies when someone's like, turn on the TV. And then the person turns on the TV and it's right to the channel where the news is breaking. It's like, no, in reality, I'd be like, oh, my God, where's the remote? Crap. The input is set to HDMI 2. It's on Apple TV. Okay, I need to get to cable. Crap. Okay, we're on SD. I'd rather watch this on HD, whatever it is. Let me fumble around some more. Get to the guide. Look through the channel guide. There's 1,200 channels. Oh, my God. Where is NBC 12? Oh, it's on channel 12 because I just said NBC 12 and I get there and then I watch it and it's about six minutes later. And I know that's not interesting on the screen, but it's more realistic. And so those 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 types of uh, disconnects, I frankly just can't look past anymore. What else did I watch? I watched the Reputation World Tour movie. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, I, 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 I exhaust Taylor Swift, but I'm sorry. She's fascinating. She she is a genius because no other person in the industry is creating such intrigue where the only remedy is more consumption of their product. Uh, Taylor Swift leaves her life to be such a question mark, and she leaves so many things open-ended, and she uses so many cues and fake cues and, and drops so many breadcrumbs that you get so invested to where the only way I'm ever going to find the truth is to buy her album. And in, in a time where nobody's buying albums... She is. A, she's a genius. I don't care what you say. Call it what you want. Carly, what you want. She it, it, she's doing well. And I'm proud of her. And I loved the rep world tour movie. I was so disappointed at the lack of behind the scenes footage. I couldn't believe all that hype. And you know what was an, an enormous check from Netflix. She didn't at least give us some behind the scenes. She didn't give us talking heads. She didn't show her guests. She recorded the episode or the, the show in Dallas um, where her and Sugarland sang Babe. A song she wrote. It's like, why wouldn't she show us that? Why wouldn't they have her singing Tim McGraw with Tim McGraw? Like, the only thing they did right was have her play all too well again, because I think she knows that song means a lot to people, and it was important for people to hear that live, because people like me had to suffer through her less important, easy, poppy, pandering songs, like 22, that I are frankly a bathroom break, as far as I'm concerned. Um... But she's dropping serious hints about TS7. As I mentioned, there's a lot to be looked into in regards to her recent social media activity in terms of, I don't know, how she's dropping hints about dates and her Scrabble board. And I don't know. It's a whole thing. If you want to see more, go to at Be There in 5, F-I-V-E, not the number 5, Be There in 5. Look at my most recent Instagram post by, by photo 10. You'll, you'll, you'll be like well, Illuminati, because <laughs> I swear nothing she does is unplanned. Everything is calculated. And I think, you know, TS7 is coming out April 13th of 2019. 
if I've done all my calculations right. But if also if somebody like actually figured it out this early, she'd probably change it anyway, just to be a further mystery. And um, that's why we love her, you know. And she also did have a weird party on New Year's where everybody dressed as their childhood heroes. And I would definitely have dressed as Carmen Sandiego, Mavis Beacon, Harry the Spy, some some of the lesser known unsung heroes. Shel Silverstein, you know, like he deserves all the credit in the world. But people were kind of, you know, Mary Poppins, Little Mermaid, Posh Spice. There was a 17-year-old present. It was all very weird. It's fascinating how her friends are considerably less famous than they once were. It's fascinating how on a person whose social media is so controlled in terms of when she shares photos with friends, she knew exactly what she was doing. And her, 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 her squad wasn't there. And I, I actually am trying to stop using the word squad because she'd never even coined that. And it was kind of thrust upon her. And I don't think she was ever trying to find an exclusive girl group. I think people just hated that they were all so famous, rich and pretty. And of course, you know, the lack of diversity was an issue at one point. But now it seems like she's really closer, you know, with childhood friends. Gigi brought childhood friends, her friend Abigail, famously, who lost it in 15. And I, I can't believe let her reveal that in Hotter Song in high school. But I guess she's t- Abigail Anderson is a bit of a household name because of Taylor Swift, so small price to pay. Um, she, the 17-year-old or 16-year-old was uh, Iris Apatow, Judd Apatow's youngest daughter, not Maude but Iris, who's allegedly dating Joe's younger brother, Joe Alwyn, the least interesting actor to come out of the UK since, uh, well, Tom Hiddleston, who she also dated. Um, But as we know now, it was less of a romance and more of a getaway car. She wanted to leave him and she needed a reason. And being Calvin Harris, who also tweeted last year, like, if you don't believe my Taylor Swift theories... And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go listen to past episodes. I can't get into it and bore the people more. The, the, the smoking gun of all the smoking guns be on the Jack Antonoff interview. Calvin Harris has this whole series of tweets about how last year, to improve his um, chances for a Grammy, he got a big old beard. But this big old beard proved not to work out and didn't do anything. And like, it's four or five tweets where he keeps saying beard and big old beard. And it's like so obvious he's not talking about facial hair. And I cannot even believe he did this. And they're still up in tree pain. Taylor's publicist hasn't like taken it down wildly. Also, what I what I noticed in the Reputation movie that's funny is she has a U.S. publicist, Tree Payne, who's like kind of famous in the PR world. Like she's a wizard, um, very talented, very on top of her game, very aware of everybody who's talking about Taylor Swift like all at once. But she has also has a U.K. publicist. And I thought it was interesting that it was like U.S. and U.K., not U.S. and international. You know what I mean? It's like clearly something about her brand in the U.K. is specifically valuable and that it needs its own separate publicist. I just, her name's Kate Head. I need to do more research about her. Um, but anyway, yeah, look up Calvin Harris's tweets about a beard and tell me what you think, because I think it's like in plain sight. But I don't know. I don't know. I can never get people on board. But anyway, um, I, if you're a Patreon member, I did um, post, you know, just a quick five, six minute episode about a poem I did write about Taylor Swift's party. It's, it's not my best, but it's how I was feeling at the time because I was like, you know, I mean, I still want to be friends with Taylor. I think we have so much in common. We would write killer poetry and killer songs together. We both think way too deeply about a variety of ordinary topics, but the... The childhood part, the childhood heroes party was so much more obviously 
it was, it was so downplayed and so more un, so much more understated than her Fourth of July parties. It looked borderline boring and borderline kitschy and like a theme nobody really wanted to be doing because it wasn't like cute and everybody was like a little old. Um, it's not like we're that we're like theme party you know, fraternity social age anymore. And I felt like, I don't know, something about the party just did not seem as fun as when she was doing Tamerica. And, you know, well, one of the lines in my poem is, but Blake Lively returned as Dorothy, though not in a pantsuit dressed to kill, but at least we can count on Ryan Reynolds to appear there against his will. Because he's like in a promo for his own gin, which is maybe what the whole party was grounded in, aviation gin, um, they were taking it to the face, but the bottles were empty, which was probably strategic because I was shocked she even mentioned alcohol, where in the first photo there was a 16-year-old present. So bizarre. Oh, anyway, the point of me saying that she put Iris Apatow in there is because she didn't put Joe in the photos because she never puts her boyfriends in direct photos and talks about them specifically. And I think it's so she can cover her tracks and be like, well, I never said officially I was dating them, even though I called the paparazzi and was holding their hands. Because in the event anything ever comes out or she decides to end it or whatever, she just wants to be able to say, like, she never herself confirmed it. That's why she never really talks about it. But because she likes to drop breadcrumbs, we can figure out that because Iris was there, that Joe's younger brother was there, and therefore Joe was there, even though we did not explicitly see him because... They're pretending to, like, they're basically pretending like they want to be super private when I think that they just really don't have any chemistry. And I, I, I really don't know the terms of their relationship, but I just, they, they are probably together and they're fine, but I do not think he's the source of all those deeply romantic, perfect reputation, you know, songs that suggest, uh, you know, a secret love that everyone thinks that they know is, but they know nothing about all the silence and patience, pining impatiently waiting. I, my hands are shaking from holding back from you. Like I, that is not Joe Owen. And I, I've said it once I'll say it again and I'm rambling now. Um, and I think that concludes my, uh, two cents. Um, again, if you want to support the be there in five podcast, I'm ta- in talks with some advertisers now, hoping, hoping I can make something work. But the best way is to go on Patreon to pledge a dollar a month. When you think about a dollar in the greater context of all the things we subscribe to, it's not a lot. And I know that everybody's attention and money is being pulled every which direction, but you have no idea what it means to me. And if this podcast has kept you company or or given you any any semblance of entertainment or joy throughout the past year, in order for me to keep going, I would really love for you to consider going to patreon.com slash be there in five. And at the risk of groveling, I'm not groveling. I don't want to beg. But as you'll find out in the forthcoming content, I did tell my sister that this year I'm going to stop being like, oh, I don't know, listen or don't, I don't care. And I'm going to be a little bit more bold and I'm going to tell people what I want and what I need. And if they want to be along for the ride, what it's going to require, because the reality of life is you just you, you can't float through doing things so you don't ruffle people's feathers or make them, you know, not like you as much because some things are necessary and I need to stop doing things because I want to be liked and start doing things for part of my own best interest, because that's the advice I'd give all of you too. And um, anyway, I hope you like this next part. It is, uh, it's a, it's a half serious, half lighthearted conversation with my sister, who is a gem of a human who gives me the best advice. And I thought it was worth putting on the regular iTunes because it was a good conversation and I hope you like it. And I hope you'll come back um, tomorrow or Friday when I post the second half, which is named that tune, which is just a super fun, lighthearted segment in the spirit of, you know, always doing fun new things that reflect my and your love for popular culture. 
So if you ever have ideas for segments, by all means, please let me know. We had so much fun. And without further ado, I give you my sister, my best friend, and recent Chicago resident who gets roped into doing podcasts with me all the time. <laughs> Enjoy. But uh, several of you have messaged me asking uh, for me to have my most esteemed guest back, who is one Kelly Kennedy. The only guest, I would add. <laughs> the, the only, only guest, guest you've ever had. Have However, I ne- have we- I never had another guest? Nope. <laughs> Yeah, nobody else so is going to do this. So esteem by default. <laughs> yes. Um, also accurate in that uh, you said the term several. I believe it was at max Two. three people. It was, oh, yeah, three, three. It, it was three people yes. that said they were interested. In, and I got to be honest, y'all, it, it made my life. It really did. And I thank so you thank for you. that because it brought her back here. And honestly, <laughs> in this here production, three's a crowd. <laughs> true. It really so true. is. It's 11 p.m. on a Saturday. We went to Zoo Lights tonight, which is a Chicago, it's a free extravaganza of Christmas decor for the general public, which is really exciting pre-Christmas. But Kelly and I both agreed that after Christmas, it, it loses a bit of pizzazz. It did. And they had TSO playing, which as you know, is right. one of my faves. Yes, of course. The lights were beautiful. It just did not feel like Christmas. Yeah. However, with that said, it is about 50 degrees, which is a pretty warm, yes. Yes. pretty warm Chicago night. The so 50 degrees is a problem. It. And I think also like something about anticipating Christmas makes you uh, vulnerable to hope. True. Whether it's the ice sculpturalist that Ugh. captures your heart. <laughs> My future husband. Yeah. Maybe the mechanic behind, <laughs> you know, some of the uh, lighting displays. Totally. We went in the gorilla, we went in the primate house, um, which I, I don't even know if I had ever expressed to Kelly how into monkeys, apes, no gorillas, idea. and the like. I truly no idea. I, I was there to see the lights, <laughs> listen to Christmas music, and have a glass of wine. And before I know it, we're in the primate house. We are, and I'm parked. Looking at sleeping monkeys. I'm parked. <laughs> I'm truly. I have pictures. You were like astonished, dumbfounded. I don't even know the adjective to describe your. Yeah, Love for these monkeys. You know, guys, I heard about this thing last year. I, I don't mean to brag, but it's called evolution. <laughs> and, <laughs> and yeah, no, but like you look at an ape, you look at a gorilla. They have freaking opposable thumbs. They hold their, they cradle their children. They breastfeed their children. They sleep on their backs with their mouths open. And I've been known uh, for <laughs> that to be my stance. Nightly. And I watch them have these human. Movements and I, something it, it it makes me transcend. And, and when I was younger, I would I lived closer to the Lincoln Park Zoo, which is free. Thank you to the Pritzkers, a very wealthy family who is of the Hyatt fame um, in Chicago. And I used to go watch the gorillas to gain perspective. And not that it was like overly scientific or evolutionary, but like watching them care for their young the same way a human would. Actually, I don't know. It centered me in a way like. Our instincts are to care for one another. Mm-hmm. And any any adversity that, that opposes that evolutionary notion is going against the grain. It is not the norm. Mm-hmm. So anything you're facing, it's like people people want to be on your side. They want to be cradling their young. And something Truly. about the gorillas bring me back down well, to earth. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> totally is that too much? On his back, <laughs> limbs outward, mouth open, yeah. just totally passed out. I was telling Kelly, we've been there like, a couple of times with like field trips for like different organizations where we take kids and like the problem with monkeys and gorillas is like they're always doing it. But the great part is, is that at the at zoo lights at night, they're usually pretty dormant, which isn't as exciting, but it's a hell of a lot better than a bunch of kids being like, what's happening? 
<laughs> Which is also, anyway, totally different story. So to start season two, I have a few different directions I want to take this podcast in. And by directions, I mean hardly none at all. I'll probably <laughs> do the exact same thing I've always done. But I guess I feel wild tonight because I wrote down some notes of things I wanted to ask Kelly about. It's a pretty intense uh Listing on a legal pad? It, yeah, it's pretty... I know, a legal pad. Yeah, This I'm is impressed. unusual for me. Um, the first thing I had on our list, because I'm, I watched it this morning and I'm obsessed with it, is that of the masked singer. <laughs> <laughs> I watched as well. Somebody in our Facebook group... Thank you, thank you so much. Truly. Asked us if we had watched this, and I was like, I don't know what no. that is. I thought, I, in my head, I was like, oh, it was like a hybrid of Jim Carrey's The Mask and Adam Sandler's The Wedding Singer, <laughs> which is not something I would ever watch. But in putting it on, I've got to say, as a person who is very averse to cheese ball talent shows, like, I don't even like The Voice. <laughs> I, for one, love The Voice. However, I, I know what you mean. This, I, this was so... I can't even say different than what I was expecting because I don't think I had an expectation. Right. I honestly hit play and and was blown away. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but blown away by what I saw. Couldn't look away. Could, could not stop looking. Do you have any idea what the ratings were? Like, how many people do you think watched that? I actually don't know. Okay, let me think. First, it's New Year's week. Uh-huh. So... So part of me says everyone's looking for a show. Part of me says no one cares or still enjoying the holidays. Uh-huh. Could go either way and does go either way. Could totally go either way. Honestly, I have no idea. 9.2 million people. That is huge. Seriously? Kelly, they blew. Uh, guys, I just want to like, you know, put myself on the back. I did do research of for course. this podcast um, <laughs> because I heard that and I couldn't believe it. With I used to work at Nielsen, Nielsen ratings, TV ratings. million people in a holiday week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a holiday week. It's it's wild. Not only of the the absolute value of the amount, but, like, there's a share amongst networks, right? And, like, to get – like, there's usually that many people watching TV, period, but not on the same network, on the same show. Yeah. And the share and the ratings were enormously high, and – the irony to me, the reason I wanted to, wanted to talk about it is because I think it is a show that on paper looks very Dancing with the Stars. Like, it very much attracts the people that you're like, who? Mm-hmm. The, you know, the the, the, yeah. the tertiary boy band members, the like the, the Chris Kirkpatrick's, yeah. the Howie DeRose. The last the, season's Bachelors. Yeah, the brunette yeah. and Soul decision. Yeah. The last season's Bachelors. Like, or old Vegas stars, which, by the way, I do believe that the... Um, the first person was, uh, what's his name? Donnie Osmond. Well, I guess I should have said spoiler alert. Oh, but also I don't alert. know if it's right. I don't think. No, I don't think you so. You don't think it's Donnie Osmond? No. But he said he was in Vegas. Your mom had a poster of me on her wall many years ago. Did not hear that part. Yeah, he basically said I'm an old show person in Vegas. Who else would it be? It's not Wayne Newton. It's not Liberace. Interesting. Yeah, it's hundred percent no, Donny Osmond. I had zero guess for that one. Yeah, that's my guess. Oh, he's saying this is the greatest show. Peacock. Peacock. I could not believe the number of people that watched it. I could not believe that the even the judges themselves are so like meh famous. Right. That the talent they get cannot be that famous. Yet for the previews, they're like. 
just wait till you see who is on The mass Singer. And right. then they're like, Justin Bieber, Bella Hadid, <laughs> Lady Gaga. And it's like, no, none There's of those no people way. would ever do The mass Singer. wanted to jump through the screen. Who was it that guessed that one of the characters was Lady Gaga? And I was like, how do you not know Lady Gaga's voice? Nicole, Truly. Nicole, Nicole Buttons Scherzinger. No, she said that. <laughs> she was the guest of that. I thought it was Robin Thicke, who, by the way... I cannot stand to listen to. He is so condescending. Oh, yeah. And so rude. And yeah. I'm like, dude, he's starting to sound like his dad. Well, so he's I'm starting, starting to, to sound hear... like his character in Blurred Lines. Mm. I know you want me. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put that on the playlist. Um, okay, but also this show has Rita Ora written all over it. Like that level <gasps> Wait, of star. Do you think she was one the of the... tiger. The lion. The lion. I thought she was the lion. And that's why I wrote this down. Um, and that's who they thought might be. But you know who I think the lion is? No. Rumor Willis. Really? Because the clue was Hollywood royalty. You're right. And she is the daughter of two very yes. famous people. And she's on Empire. And on Empire, she sings like Empire? Amy Winehouse five songs. And she has an outstanding voice. The, um, uh, the lion getup did make her look thicker. Yes. Then she was on Dancing with the Stars. However, people on Dancing with the Stars are in pro- like peak physical yeah. condition. Yeah. Not that thin is peak, meaning no. calories in, no. calories out, thermodynamics. Right. You're working out a lot. Oh, for and sure. And she was very, she looked different, but I think that's no, her. I had not thought about that. What a great guess. Thank you. Thank you. Because people, a lot of people thought it was Rita Ora. A lot of people thought it was... That makes sense, except you're right. Hollywood royalty would rule out Rita Ora because she has no... She has nothing to her name other than the fact that she secretly dated Rob, which... And that she's on Daily Mail constantly. Yeah. And she dated Calvin Harris. Rita Ora... Okay, Rita Ora is the barometer for how important something is in terms of its star power. (laughs) (laughs) Because if she's invited... Uh, everybody else said no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not think so? <laughs> like, she hosted, like, the MTV, like, EMAs and, like, this, that, and the other. I'm like, no no yeah. studio execs. Yeah. First pick is Rita Ora. And she yeah. might be huge in the UK. And if you're a UK listener, let us know. But in my ex- yeah. I, I just think she she's sure. just always a, so close but so far from mega stardom. And the mm-hmm. closest she ever got, in my opinion, is Black Widow featuring Katy Perry. Do you remember that? Like a Black, Black Widow. Widow baby. Oh, you're right. That was her song. Yeah. I am definitely not going to keep that in. Sure, that was really that was really. <laughs> but you know what I was talking about. No, I do know what you're talking about. I did not realize. I'm going to stick with it because I think America loves a guessing game. And mm-hmm. I want to know what the backup bassist of Train is planning on singing on the stage. Here's the thing, though. Because they revealed, I don't want to say in case people haven't watched, but they revealed the first person. I do think there are going to be athletes in there. Okay. And I am so intrigued by the athletes that are confident enough to come out and sing. Okay. Oh, thank you for saying that. Do Do you know who the deer is? Do you? Well, Greg has a very educated guess. What's his educated guess? Von (gasps) Miller. That would make sense. Yeah. And he's so nice. Is he? I know nothing about him. Well, from social media. He seems so nice. I've literally never heard of him until Greg said that. No, he was dancing with the stars. That would make sense. Well, like, that's that's what we were saying. It's like, okay, Fox has access to NFL players. And there's a certain type of player that does this sort of thing. Yeah. Also... 
had never heard of Antonia Brown in my life. And holy, what? holy honey eyes. Holy everything. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, what, what, what face? What in everything? I know. I've now Greg, I'm at first, Greg thought back. it was Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I was like, no. no. Way too big. I would guess that. You would know, you would recognize his stature. Of course. Would you really? I mean, he's just such a, he's such a tall right. presence. Here's the thing, truly guys. Truly beautiful presence I, I, on the face I of have this earth. I made fun of Kelly for years about loving years. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. In my head, he's a wrestler. He, in my head, he's at the John Cena phase now. Mm. When in reality, he's, yeah. he's a he's mega, way, mega, yeah. mega star. He's a mega star. And I didn't really care about him until Kelly said, you've got to see his Sunday sushi dinners. Right, True. and then I started looking. His sushi at, train. His sushi Comes train. Every I Sunday. started following him, and I was like, "Okay, this is charming." He yeah. he eats a lot, and he's kind of funny, and he runs his own socials, which not everybody does. Yeah. Um, he had this gorgeous uh, diet, like uh, this dialogue on his Instagram over Christmas about buying his mom a house, and like obviously he c- he could have afforded. To buy her a house probably after Too Fast, Too Furious. But, mm-hmm. you and know. And he did. And he did. Yeah. But this was like anywhere you want, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I would have been perhaps jaded by it. And But watching his mom's face, she seemed sincerely taken yeah. off guard and honored. Yeah. And I melted. Yeah. I absolutely melted. And that's and I live why? for that shit. Do you see why? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like... Truly, yeah. I just I love everything about him. Hall pass. Yeah, Kelly. Everything. Kelly loves a a muscly fellow. I <laughs> I do. It's not. It's that that sort of thing. Like I don't want to feel inferior in somebody's arms because I'm I do. so doughy. <laughs> um, but I I understand his personality appeal is what I yes. mean. I thought before he was kind of a you know a piece of meat. He to never be honest, like, dates celebs. I didn't realize he was married. I know I, he has two young kids with a woman. I maybe I just you know think, for my yeah, own. Yeah, right. I know. I didn't want to think. I thought you want to be Kelly Rock Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Do you think that's how your name would be? Yes, I, I would take that name a thousand percent. He was in Moana, correct? He did one of the characters. He oh, why am I blanking? The, a big one, like yeah, the, oh the, my gosh. the guy. Why am I blanking on his name? I don't know. I don't know his name. Oh. I, I've only seen one clip that our brother. You haven't seen Moana? It's no, such a great movie. My brother Jim told me it was intense, and he showed me one scene where Moana, her grandmother comes back to her in the form of the scene. Mm-hmm. I openly wept, <laughs> and I said, "Turn this off." I, I don't. You did. I don't, I don't. How are young children being exposed to these themes that are so deep and well, intense and sad? They don't, well, they don't realize what's happening in the movie. We realize it as adults. Well, you don't digest it under five. That's an interesting perspective. I think. I mean, think about any Disney movie that we watched. Like growing Mufasa. Up. Yeah, I mean, you, I go back now to Disney movies, yeah. and some of them make me. I don't. I don't necessarily weep like you do. Mm, um, <laughs> it's, it's tough being me. <laughs> it it tough really being is. You. <laughs> but I feel like you can, if you are open to it, you can find deeper meaning in a lot of these. Which I don't know if it's too early to bring this up, or if you even wanted to talk about it. But it then makes me think of Ariel, the Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. and Taylor's party. Clearly, there's a reason she did that. Kiss the girl. <laughs> what do you think but it do is? Do you really think that's it? No, I, I feel don't. like that's too I obvious. Don't. I don't. 
Uh, I feel like there's a deeper meaning. So it's like any of these Disney movies that we watched as kids that were just fun to watch. It's like if we were to go and watch any of them now, yeah. there'd be something. Nothing was upsetting in Aladdin. Uh, beyond, okay, to be beyond honest, his clothes, his his midriff, and I, the street rat stealing. It's like Jesus. And the fact that Uncle Jesse kind yeah. of stole his vibe. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Don't you think? Well, no, Uncle Jesse. No, there was the Disney crossover episode. No, Steve was Aladdin. Oh, Steve. Oh. <laughs> oh. So I will say I, I have not sat down and watched full Disney movies from our past lately. Yeah. I watch more recent ones yeah. with our niece and nephews, but not right. ours. I wonder if we go back and watch ours, yeah, if I it'll think, have a different vibe. I yeah. used to collect the like collector's DVDs, thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be worth something one day. <laughs> <laughs> I got suckered into it, and they're not worth anything. I remember in like 93 being like, Mom, Fantasia's in the vault. <laughs> we better get it at the CVS while we can. Um, no, so we'll have to look into that. No, I think we should because we aren't we weren't like a super Disney family. No, but I love Disney. I do too, but like like even as an adult, like college and early 20, early to mid 20s, I feel like I became a Pixar fan. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was very much into, you know, so into like what Toy Story like well, 2 2 and 3. I like Finding Nemo. Ratatouille. Like, <laughs> I do love Ratatouille. I love that's oh, such Ratatouille. a cute Ratatouille. Movie. Guys, if a rat, if you were, if you were, if you were a line chef (laughs) in the back of a restaurant and a rat comes in your pot and you taste the stew and you're like, damn, this stew is awesome. Would you be like, it's because of the rat? Yes, exactly. I... When I first saw it, I was like, this is so cute. But then I rewatched it over Christmas break, and I was like, this is disgusting. This is a health code violation. And nobody, a rat is perhaps the grossest animal you could ever personify into being a character beyond its core purpose, which is just to be disgusting. Well, maybe, you know. No, but I like the movie. I'm just saying. Uh, most things in practice I can get on board with. I just wish it was a mouse. I wish it was a squirrel. It's the rat that you have a problem with? You'd be okay if a squirrel showed up in yeah. your pot of okay. stew I or swear pasta to God. sauce. Mm-hmm. Like the place I met Greg was shut down because oh, of rats? No. I don't think I've ever seen a rat in real life. Maybe that would change my Oh my God, they're my all mind. over Chicago. They're disgusting. I've Everywhere. never seen one. Oh my God, I see them twice because a day. Well, no, what are you talking about? No, you Kelly, don't. In the, yes, in the alleys of Armitage. Never in my okay, life Kelly, have I seen a rat. You're not looking. In real life. They're everywhere and they're so foul. Ratatouille is Moving cute. on. What's our next topic? Oh, um, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, I was going to ask you your word for 2019. Mm. Um, well, we started talking about this on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so Kelly gave me great advice. Um... Well, I've talked about before that I'm not, like, one for resolve. I, I I like to make small, attainable, ongoing changes, and resolutions are intimidating for me. And at the ripe age of 31, I don't hate who I am enough to be, like, I need to <laughs> fundamentally change. And I think That's that... That's good. No, but I mean, like, when I was younger and I wanted to do resolutions, I was mm-hmm. just feeling horrible about something right. I was doing. Like, you need to become a different person. Yes, yeah. and to be honest, like... I'm okay, and I'll figure it out, and I think the best way to set myself up for success isn't to make lofty goals, and 
Um, I know everybody's doing dry January, and clearly we are too. I made it three days, guys. <laughs> I did my best. Okay. Uh, if you're if you're doing if you're doing dry January, God bless you. Uh, but I'm gonna guess you're younger because I think that you. The thing about getting older is that you don't have eight glasses of wine on Saturday. You have eight glasses of wine over a seven-day period. And that sometimes you're like, I drink too much, but you have a glass here and there. But then you go to Europe and you feel like a prude. (laughs) And then, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where I don't like things like dry January or a detox period because I'm kind of like, let's teach ourselves to be moderate at all times. Yeah. And the concept of a dry January feels shameful. When in it reality, does. I'd rather just moderate my behavior November and December. No, it's true. I think I used to do it because I, in the past, would just you were just always drinking so much when you would go out. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of a, oh, I need to cut some cows. Maybe yeah. if I don't drink a glass of wine each night, hey, that saves 150 cows a night. I, I Anyways, also, I made it three days. I'm proud of you. You know, Tuesday through Thursday, I did my best. <laughs> y- yesterday, t- actually towards the end of work, we opened a bottle of wine. So, you know. You know. <laughs> we do what we can. Yeah. <laughs> I, was a, I was out to, din- to dinner with my parents um, and my husband after Kelly left our Christmas break. And we were talking about wine. And the, the waitress was, like, approaching us. And I was like, yeah, Mom, I don't know. You know, I drink a lot more since I've been self-employed. <laughs> and she goes, Really? And then the waitress comes up and she's like, can I take your order? And I was like, that was like a hilarious conversation to like (laughs) cut off immediately. Because I wasn't saying like, I think I have a drinking problem. But I was saying like, I have a lot more tension. Yeah. Because when I was like in a corporate job, I'd come home and I'd watch Vanderpump Rules and Housewives. And I'd feel totally justified in it. Yeah. But now, the second I sit down, I feel horrible. Yeah. Which is the big difference. Yeah. What is your word though? Oh. Oh. I didn't say my word, did I? No, not yet. So a few years ago, okay, so everyone does resolutions. A yeah. few years ago, actually it was with my former um, company, yeah. we read a book and it was all about, you know, instead of thinking of a resolution, why don't you think of one word mm-hmm. that if you're ever kind of in the midst of making a decision, you can come back to this word, see if you're if you're gearing towards it. And I really started to just like fall into that. Mm-hmm. It just, it made sense for me. Mm-hmm. So the last few years I've had a word and so this year I was kind of debating mm-hmm. and I came upon, I guess, um, the idea of adventure. Mm. And so the thought is, okay, I'm in Chicago. I've been here almost six months now. And I just, I really want to enjoy every aspect of it. So a couple of years ago when I moved to Kentucky, my word was yes. And I just mm. said yes to everything. And I, and I loved it. And I feel like here in Chicago, I have the opportunity for so much adventure, whether it's here in the city or the ability, because Chicago is a um, hub, yeah, it's right. pretty easy to fly places. Right. So I just want to take 2019 to be my year of just like, you know what, let me see what life has to offer me. Yes. It's easy to get, like, go down that rabbit hole of, oh, I'm just not where I thought I would be at this point in life. But the flip side of that is, oh my gosh, I have this great life that I never imagined I would have. Mm-hmm. And so I... I, I have to seems negative. I want to enjoy it. I yes. want to get everything out of this life that I can. Mm-hmm. And so in 2019, my word is going to be adventure. I Seek adventure. I love that. What about you? Well, also, since Kelly and I last recorded, she was on a trip and had a meet cute. I did. 
had such a meet cute. And it, it was such a Hallmark movie moment. It was such a Hallmark. Yeah. And we had just talked at yeah. such great lengths about Hallmark movie moments. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you you can tell whatever abridged version you want, but like bottom line is it's interesting to have so many um, canned, uncomfortable dating experiences here and then just be like somewhere on a whim. Like my friend told you this taco place was good. Right. Truly, that's what happened. Like, I literally had just come off of the weekend before I had gone speed dating here in Chicago, which was, like, so funny. Um, But just not what I... I mean, it was what I expected, but not... So it was, it, but it was just so staged. Online dating, everything is so staged. Yes. But it's like, how else do you meet people? So I literally happened to go. I was at a conference in San Diego for work. Um, Kate's friend, shout out to men, hey, um, gave a recommendation of this taco place. So uh, totally on a whim, wasn't near my hotel or where I had just gone to watch the sunset. I just dropped into this taco place and started a conversation with this guy and what that taught me because we had so much in common and we had such a a great dinner, such a great like round of drinks. Mm -hmm. It really was so much fun. It taught me just to be open to having those conversations because it's easy to get closed off. You get in your bubble, especially being creepy, someone's being creepy or it's like, for me, it's like, okay, I get up, I go to work. Either I take Mm -hmm. the train or I walk and then I come home. I mean, and that's it. There's no other interaction. Mm -hmm. Like I go to the grocery store a few days it, what it did was it showed me uh, going along with adventure. It's that idea of just like, just go with it. Mm-hmm. Just see what happens. Worst case, you talk to someone right. and you don't talk to them again. Right. Like I'll probably never talk or see this guy again, but it just kind of reinvigorated right. that idea of, oh, I, it doesn't, you could be anywhere and it doesn't right. even have to be like a romantic connection. Right. Just any sort of like right. friend connection can oh. happen and 100%. you don't even know it. I, I don't know. It was, it was very, um, Positive, educational, educational. Yeah. yeah, totally. And I think too, like, well, cause you kind of, you talked and then you dismissed it and then you walked out and he was there and he invited you to sit down yeah. and you were kind of like, oh, like, why not? Like, yeah. I think you like, cl- it clicked. Literally it clicked because he walked out of the restaurant and I was like, oh, bummer. I, he asked if I was eating there and I was like, oh no, I'm going back to my hotel. And I was like, why'd you why say, did that? I say like, that? Yeah. <laughs> and so I walked out and he was literally sitting right there eating. Like literally we had such a great conversation and then he asked for my number and he was like, oh, and by the way, can I also get your name? And I laughed out loud. I was like, we've had this like the intense, most in-depth conversation, conversation yeah. and didn't even know each other's names. It's just so I crazy how life Kelly happens. Kelly and I, like we, like I was born in San Diego. We used to live in San Diego yeah. and Kelly's um, best childhood friend from San Diego met somebody in kind of a similar fashion. Yeah. Yeah, and she I, did. she might listen to this. Does she? Um, but, Holly, are you out there? Yeah, Holly, are you there? <laughs> um, but she met somebody like in a salad place, which like is so unassuming. You dismiss it, right? Exactly. But I think that's it's that I think like that happened for you to be like, I need to be awake. Yeah. Like I needed to be open because it's so easy to move through your day so briskly that you're kind of like dismissing every interaction you have as being like creepy, weird, or unnecessary. Oh, yeah. And you get so jaded going on the same type. We're talking to the same yes. types of people, same types of dates. Totally. And so just to not even expect it. And everyone always says that, but it was just a, it was an interesting interaction. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. And also I, since I last podcasted, I flew to Boston for 30 hours yeah. Um, for one of my best friends because she was getting engaged and 
she lived here for two years with me and went on tons of dates and is like literally the best human I've ever mm. met in my life. And Kelly Truly, can attest that. Hands like, down. the best. And um, then moved to Boston and like after a few Bumble dates, like met the best guy that is so perfect for her and understands her entirely. And it, it, to me, it's just such like a lesson in that you can't typecast online dating sucks, Bumble sucks, Hinge sucks, Match sucks, this sucks, like bars suck, whatever. Like that's not a, that's not a adequate sample size. It's it's not a scientific mm-hmm. re- scientific representation of what is or is not a good dating pool. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is like everybody's different. Every person, every venue, every reason you're out is different. And the second you start to get to the bitter place where you're like everybody is the worst and I'm the best is when things go downhill, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And one of the things I respect so much about my friend is, like, she just, like, knew what she wanted and held out and, like, went on date after date after date that, like, wasn't that great. Yeah. And then, uh, sure, like, she met a great guy. And I just wanted to say that to encourage, like, anybody, because a lot of people are, like, online dating and, like, it's not, we're almost in a weird phase where it's kind of older. Like, it's not new news. And if you're still on Bumble, you're kind of dragging or, like, People, the, it's the intentions aren't always there, but but what's interesting, and I f- feel bad because I feel like every time I come on, all like two times, it ends. We ends up talking about dating, and I don't want to bore people. No, but, but that I that's the space a, you that usually I'm usually on Patreon, and B I usually cut it oh, out. Yeah. Oh, great. So, <laughs> but what I find interesting is it's like, oh well, here's this. You know, you have to get on this app because it's better. It's right. Like so I was like, okay, yeah, I get so on I, the league. I got to get on the league. Okay, so I apply. I yeah. finally get in. Da 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 da. And I've had no success yeah. on there. Whereas Bumble, sometimes out of the blue, at least people are more talkative. Right. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't matter. The reality it is, matter. it doesn't matter it's, what it's site you're It's a person by person by person. It doesn't matter person. where you are. It, do, it truly, all it takes is one interaction mm-hmm. with one person, mm-hmm. and you can't predict where or when that's going right. to happen. Right. So as much as you want to, and as much as I think back to like... 33-year-old me so long ago. Wow. But wow, like two years ago. <laughs> but it's like you just, you want something so bad, you're just like waiting for it to happen. Yes. And now I'm like, like yeah. there's just so much, back to the word adventure, there's just so much out there to be seen. You don't have to, you don't have to wait for one person. You don't have to be with one person. You just enjoy the ride while you can because you're lucky to be on. You're lucky to be on you're a ride. to be on. So I don't know. Kelly, Anyways, think, circle back to you. Um, What's your you word? Know, one thing that I've noticed is that you, you'll you say something really great and then you'll feel bad about it and then you'll try to circle back to the topic. But I I just want uh, I, I to reiterate that that's an important message. And I think that no, I more agree. people relate to that than you might even know. And I think that um, I, I had that... Uh, opportunity when I was a lot younger, but I was out on a random night with nobody I yeah. knew and met a random person. Right. And I think about constantly, like, what if I hadn't? Truly. And, um, the, I, and I, it's like, I don't want it to be like a broken record, but I'm always just like coming from that place. I'm like, Jesus, go, go to the bar, go to the, like, go out with your friends, like do whatever, like, Sleep when you're dead. Like Shoes <laughs> Pub is right around the corner. And honestly, why we're not there right, right. now, I, I just don't know. And we didn't go on New Year's because <laughs> I had a heart to heart with Kelly. Well, that actually does circle me back. It does. Because, um, I, I, I mean, I've been transparent about how, like, 
I'm in a weird self-employment situation. And my sister was so kind to give me some perspective over New Year's in terms of like, the people that know you in your life will tell you over and over, you're great at X, Y, or Z, or you are this, or you are that. And then it becomes your truth. It becomes your definition of yourself. But the reality is nobody else knows that until you prove it to them or like Mm -hmm. until they experience it them themselves. And I think that I was kind of in this hole of like, I feel like I'm um, a good business owner or a good writer or, you know, I'm good at this podcast or whatever because people tell me I am. But, like, why does no one care? Why is nobody paying attention? I was kind of like in a woe is me place. And Kelly and I had a good New Year's Eve discussion about how, like, when people tell you you are those things, it's not that it's not true, but it's also not that everybody else is going to assume that by default. Mm-hmm. And and who is a better advocate for you than you than yourself right and that if you're not advocating for yourself all you're going to do is feel badly about that disconnect and it was very it really hit me like hard like it really was helpful for me to understand that and I was like yeah I kind of feel like I fell into this place where like my friends and my publisher and my parents and my friends were like this is awesome and I'm like yeah but why isn't it a bestseller Mm -hmm. like you know what I mean but it was helpful for me to like kind of parrot, uh, take it down and be like, okay, what beyond what is like the broader disconnect in the world? You don't want to be come from a place where like, why am I so great? Nobody realizes it. Like right. that's no. not it. It's like, what am I not communicating mm-hmm. that is uh, disabling the world from understanding what I what the message I want to be mm-hmm. communicating. And so, much like episode 19, where I said I describe every wine as bold yet unassuming, (laughs) I decided that for 2019, my board was going to be bold. And now, as a person on these airwaves, you might think I'm bolder than I am, but I'm actually not. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm pretty reserved, and I'm pretty uncomfortable touting my own accomplishments. Yeah, very true. And I'm telling you this because I... um, and I am going to hold myself accountable and I therefore want you to hold me accountable to being a little bit bolder and not being embarrassed about what I'm asking for or what I want or if I get rejected or if nobody responds. And even as of this week, I've, I've sent a few uh, aggressive emails, gang. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But I've gotten responses. And if Molly, if you're out there, um, who's giving me some great advice, like she was just saying, if if you don't act like you're the most important person, who the hell is like, yeah, but nobody on the receiving end by default is going to be like, wow, <laughs> right. I'm, that sounds important. I'm going to convince myself it's even better than they made it seem <laughs> like no, the thing you say is their absolute baseline. Like yeah. they're, it's not going to get better or I mean their absolute peak. Um, so anyways, 2019 is bold yet, yet unassuming. <laughs> so are you just going to go with bold or are you going to go with your, your catchphrase? Bold is going to be like, cause you, the way you described it to me, was like when you're at a kind of a crossroads or making a decision, you're like, what's the bold? Yeah. Like you use your word as the catalyst. Yeah. Um, but as I've been vocal about on this podcast and elsewhere, I don't like bold as an excuse, as a charming discourse for being rude. 
I don't like bold as a way to be like, I'm just honest. I say what everybody else thinks. I don't like bold as an excuse to be blunt because mm-hmm. I think those are all uh, uh, ways to gloss over a lack of social grace and rudeness. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not bold in the sense of like, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I want to be bold in the sense of like, I'm going to stand up for stand myself up for and my right. value. Yeah. So that's why I say unassuming yeah. because from the outside, I don't want people to be like, she's bold. But <laughs> from a business standpoint, I want people to be like, I didn't see that coming, but she was yeah. firm. Yeah. Firm. There you go. (laughs) When I think firm, I think like mattress types. I know. And I also think what my body isn't. (laughs) But hey, 2019, there's still so much to do. No. I've I've lived for 31 years. Truly. Oh, same. What's what's like the, not the opposite of firm, but like the wobbly? (laughs) Wobble, wobble. Yeah. Should we play that song? Yeah. Oh my God, our game. (laughs) Okay. We're going to play our game. I'm glad you shared. I think it's important. I think last piece on this is it's, it's very easy for you to think if you're in a position or if you're someone who can, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but that can be easily influenced by what other people say. It's easy to become the person that other people think you should be. Yes. And so for me, and you can cut this out, but for me, it's since for like literally 15 years since college, I have been told you will be such a great wife. You will make such a great mother. Oh my gosh. What? I can't believe you don't have kids. They're coming. Don't you worry. Oh, I can't believe you're divorced. It's you're your Prince Charming's mm-hmm. around the corner. Mm-hmm. And you start to believe that mm-hmm. and think that you're less of a person because you didn't achieve what other people thought would be your truth. Mm-hmm. But that's why I go back to adventure. You go to bold. It's because I, I am who I am. And while I so appreciate that other people think so highly of me mm-hmm. to say those things, that doesn't, I'm not less of a person because I'm not what other people thought right. I would be at this point in my life. And if you and said, it's taken me a long time to get here. Long time. Oh my God. Yeah. And when you honestly, like, cause you said that as you were walking out the door Yeah. and I swear to God, it did not click. It's so funny. I almost didn't even say it cause I didn't want to make it about me. I was afraid by saying that I was going to make our conversation no. about me. No, it didn't click. It really didn't. And, and honestly, that was so transformative for me because I was like, it's the same thing and just a different, yeah. Yeah, context, different format. Professional, personal, it all, I mean, at the end of the day, you're a human being. Right. Like the gorillas. Yeah, it's just like the gorillas with the (laughs) giant opposable thumbs. Giant opposable thumbs. (laughs) No, no, that was, uh, yeah, that's why I want to say that, because I actually didn't even tell Kelly that until we were here, but like... I Yeah, I didn't realize it actually. I'm just going with it because we're on a podcast, but I'm going to talk to you about this later. No, yeah, no, it meant a lot to me because, A, I think like that was probably not like the most it's not the most enjoyable thing for you to like it's not talk about and reach to but like it also reminded me about look you looking at me from the perspective that I look at you there's so much like you you don't even see what's there and what you can tap into and and you probably for me when I'm like I'm the worst I've done nothing Right. You're always it's, being like, I'm like baffled. I'm like, yeah. what are you talking about? Right. How do you not see your value? Because it's so easy for others to see the value right. that either you provide or you could provide. And so I just think, I love the idea of the bold. It's tr- No one is going to fight for you right. like you. And so for you, for me, for anyone out there, 
you have to stand up for you because Mm -hmm. nobody else will. Right. A hundred percent. And until that moment, I didn't think about how, because Kelly and I are very different, but I didn't think about how we are both in a position where we're like fighting for quality Mm -hmm. in a system that doesn't care. Yeah. (laughs) Like just... Just because you be, you're, like, a great wife, girlfriend, mother, or just because you're a great business owner, creative, whatever, like, cool. But you have to figure out the best way to relay, communicate, and come to terms with it yourself in a way that doesn't make you feel like you're there's a disconnect between where you should be and where you are. And mm-hmm. you can be good at something but not be where everybody else thinks you should be. Yeah. And you can also be good at something but not necessarily be communicating in, in a way that gets you to your most optimal point. Yeah. And I think that that was a very educational thing for me to like think about in terms of like, well, okay. Uh, when I was um, sending out my book to people, I don't know if anybody else watched he- on VH1, this show called barely famous. <laughs> oh, this is so random. Um, but it was written by Aaron and Sarah Foster, who are David Foster's daughters mm-hmm. who are so funny. And like, yes, they are privileged, but they are so funny. And this show was so good, and it was so on point, and it was so my humor, and it was so accurate about influencers, everything, whatever. It gets canceled after two seasons. Like, nobody watched it. And I wrote them, and I was like, your show was brilliant. Like, it was so well-written. It was so on point. It was so on target. And as a creative, like, I understand how little correlation there is between quality and popularity, and through mm-hmm. watching other creatives take risks, through watching other people I love take risks and them not land, it doesn't make me think less of them. It makes me realize this is part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at times I use it as my excuse to throw more creative darts. <laughs> but at times I also am like, you can be awesome and not land 99% of the time. And yeah. it doesn't mean you're less awesome. Right. It only takes one in terms of a a big break, so to speak. It only takes one or in terms of relationship, it only takes one. Yes. But if you're always waiting for that one, yes, it's a really hard journey. Yes. You have to embrace the, the, I mean, you have to embrace the journey. You have to, otherwise it's, it's a very lonely world. Oh, of course. If you always feel like you're on an island. And I don't know. No, you're right. And and I didn't think about it until when um I was kind of in a darker place and then like I I now I like um liken the book to you getting in a relationship that you think is promising and you put like all your eggs mm-hmm. into and all your time into. Right. And then when my book came out it's like a slow burn. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's constellation. It's not common. It's like, I, I hear all these things. It takes time. Da, da, da. And like, I was just so ready for it to be the one. Yeah. And I was so ready to be like swept off my feet. Like this is my career because I had, I had chosen to take an unconventional career mm-hmm. path that I, I personally am not probably fit for. Um, but until, I don't know, we talked about it. It made me realize that I wasn't a as alone in the experience and B it wasn't that specific. Yeah. 
It's just like putting all your hopes and dreams in one thing because it's all you have at that moment. Yeah. And because you don't have the confidence to be like, this isn't my best and this isn't my last. Yeah. So, yeah, from then the relationship perspective, it's that, okay, I have this idea of who I want to be. And so, okay, maybe... I'll let this, th- I'll let this slide. I'll let this mm-hmm. go. Da, 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 da. Because in the end it's going in the right direction. And then you get to a point where it's like, this is it. <laughs> and then it's not. Like it has to be it. It has to be it because I don't have goodness, a choice. I, I've lived 34 years. I have to do this. I've lived 35 years. I have to do this, but it's not, it's a right. learning experience that as much as sometimes you think, man, it's, and in the past I used to think, why did I get through that? Now I honestly build off of every relationship, Mm -hmm. but it's like, Oh, this happened because it's going to help me with some deal with something in the future. This happened because it made me stronger as an independent woman. Right. And I, and I see that from the personal perspective for you. While again, I think twinkle, twinkle, social media star is like the best book that's ever been written. And I (laughs) honestly do mean that. (laughs) I know I'm sure for you, it, you expected this to just take off well, right. and it's be like, like, this is going to be my career. I will never have to worry about right. what I'm doing in my life. Right. I'm going to get, I'm going like to, I'm a published author. I'm a published author. I'm going to get all something. these other offers so I right. can write more books. And when that didn't happen, you right. feel like a failure. You feel right. like you didn't live up to this person that you set yourself up to be. But the right. reality is no one else. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, you are the one that set yourself up to be in right. that position be, and you will just grow from this. Right. It still is a success. Right. <laughs> it still is like you can't, you, you can can't. still tell Miller. I can still tell Tugboat. Oh. I can still tell my kids. Like it's a huge I success. I published a book. Like, and think about how much you learn working with publishers. Right. Um, working with Tori, who's awesome, but working with an illustrator. Right. Working with um, yourself. Right. And honestly sticking up for yourself when like the publisher would say, right. or other people would say, oh, you need to change this. And you would start yeah. slowly you started right. standing up for yourself to say, no, it needs to be written this way. No, it right. needs to be like this. So the amount that you've learned in this experience, perhaps not to say that this isn't a huge success, right. but perhaps this is your learning piece that you're able to take all these away yeah. from that in the future is going to set you up for even more success. No, totally. I'm just rambling now. No, no. It, honestly, it's, I think it's, it's interesting because, um, Well, I've talked about a lot on Patreon, especially like how at times you're like, am I crazy? Am I mean? Yeah. Am I too harsh? Like you, as a woman, you feel bitchy. Yeah. And with this book, like more so than anything, like I really don't get shaken that easily. But this book I cared so much about, I could explode at the right. drop of a hat. And I think that was also really interesting to me, learning my personality when mm-hmm. it mattered. No, yeah. Because I've been in corporate situations, I've been in Be There in Five situations, and like my name was on everything, but until my name was literally on the cover, yeah. and it was literally my idea in, in its entirety, I never felt licensed mm-hmm. to lose my shit. And um, I did. Several yeah. times with my publisher, and they know. <laughs> I don't know if they listen to this, but like, it's funny because when I started Be There in Five, I told everybody, like, I met a new side of myself, like, that cared so much more than my corporate job. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like laughing because I'm like, oh, 
I don't even care about, like, win, lose, or draw, like, whatever happens. It was very interesting being like, wow, I'm really firm, and I'm really serious, and I really am unwavering when, when it's mine. It's yours. Exa- right. And I thought my and business so was mine. Yeah. Like, it wasn't. Like, and that's almost how I can gauge now. Yeah. Like, how much my heart is in it. I think... Again, Twinkle Twinkle was a huge success. I'm so proud of you. And I just, I just know, I don't know. I just, something in my gut tells me I, it's going to be continue to get even bigger. And maybe that means that you write something else that gets published mm-hmm. and then Twinkle Twinkle comes back mm-hmm. up. You never know. You never know. You have so many, so I many still have round two of my press boxes to send. Oh my gosh. Stairs uh, yeah. When you were saying about when you get older, so anytime Kelly's like a little down and out, I'm like, Kelly, you are younger than Meghan Markle. <laughs> Which will forever be true. <laughs> Which will forever be true. <laughs> Meghan Markle is older than Kate Middleton. Really? Yes. Oh, interesting. By a few months. And one of the things that, um, do you have any opinion on Kate v. Meghan? Since you're younger than both of them, you're like just such a spring chicken, such like a tiny baby. <laughs> Are you recording? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, to be honest, no, I really don't have an opinion. I, I can't imagine being in Megan's situation and they're just like constantly mm-hmm. coming up with stuff, whether there's some substance to it or not. It is literally someone's mission in life to ruin her. And I don't get that. Um, I didn't like the Lifetime movie because I thought they portrayed Kate Kate to be such a bee. Uh And I just... So I don't think I have an opinion because... I just don't, I don't, I I don't even, yeah. I'm the worst person probably to talk about this. But you can empathize with someone in Megan's situation, but you also like don't want to hate Kate in the British. Right. That's what you're saying, yeah. They're bringing up, I mean, the whole thing with her family is bizarre, but then they keep bringing up her past wedding and things that were done. And I'm kind of like, you know what? It was how many years ago? You're a different person. I I just, I don't, I don't Mm. understand why they so badly want to ruin someone. Mm-hmm. Like, why Megan and not Kate? I don't feel like anyone was ever after Kate until right. Megan came around. Right. Like, why pit two women against each right. other? Right. I don't. It's I, the I easy narrative. It. Yeah. No, and I agree. And um, my take is that. Okay, so say we're not related, mm-hmm. and you're more of a Kate. You are, and I'm more of a Megan. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah. In what I perceive to be the situation. And British people are so much more anchored in protocol and politeness and manners. And this is what you do because it's what you do. And I think a lot of times American women, and I I can speak for myself, are like, disrupt the system. Mm -hmm. Like, why does it have to be that way when somebody tells me this is this way because it's the way we've always done it is my red flag. Right. But when you're talking about the Royals, where do you draw the line? Exactly. And I, I do feel like, yes, Kate is more, I'm going to go along with this because this is how it's always been. And I respect her for that. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, I respect Megan for perhaps modernizing, wanting to just be a little bit more open, a little bit more real, whatever that is. I respect both sides. I don't feel like either party is wrong. What I feel is wrong is whoever, again, is out there trying to pit them against each other. Yeah. 
Because I think about the reality of two women that are sister-in-laws. Sisters-in-law. Sister-in-laws? Nope. Sisters-in-law? Sisters-in-laws? Sister-in-law? I promise you. Have I ever said that? Probably not. It's interesting. Sisters-in-law. Sister-in-laws. So, so like Allie, Claire, and Rachel aren't my sister-in-laws? No, they're your sisters-in-law. All right. Well, <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, it's that but, education background. What can I say? Yeah. Um, if I were Megan in the American standpoint, I would be doing everything in my power to be likable. And I don't think, I, I think we love to think that people are just these like wretched bitchy right. like but no but I, I don't think get it. people want to be liked and Kate knows the ra- the knows the ropes and yeah. that can teach she's it. been around for yeah. so long she knows I mean she did I mean there was what that picture of her floating around from her college days she did some crazy things too I like, mean I have seen her topless <laughs> Kate sunbathing oh. I'm not well, proud. Okay. It wasn't the right thing for the paparazzi. Did you Google <laughs> Kate Middleton topless sunbathing? Is that how you saw that? No. When it happened, Greg and I were in Europe. Oh, weird. And so I saw the rags. Totes. <laughs> but you know, like, but she's had mm-hmm. how many years? I don't even know. 10 plus 20. Oh, Honestly, they've been together since college. Yeah. If they've been together 15. since college and they're older than me, so mm-hmm. they probably it's been almost what twenty well, years. They dated for ten years before they got married. She's okay, yeah. So she's I had time. <laughs> Tug. <laughs> she's had time to adapt and adjust, and mm-hmm. she wasn't in the spotlight before. Mm-hmm. Megan, who was an up and coming actress, who there is no way, no in no world. Would a Meghan Markle throw a party to celebrate being able Sayonara to, move, <laughs> to move away from Zara to higher brands? Right? But like, who is selling so that is my point. Up. That, right. It just, so I honestly don't even pay it any mind anymore. No. I just, you know. But part of me is like, where there's smoke, there's fire. No, I agree. No, I'm not saying that. I, I think it's different from what the royals are used to. I don't yeah. think it's anything crazy by American standards, though. My the last thing I'll say, my the only th- rift I see is Megan being an outspoken feminist, and the royals being fearful and of political mm-hmm. commentary. Uh, it, a, fe- a feminist could argue that it is in fact not a political argument; it is an, an argument of equality. Mm-hmm. And that when somebody tries to tell you that women being the same, you know, having the same earnings or rights or whatever as men tries to tell you that that's political and off the table, it would incite you. Yeah. It would incite me. And I think that that's, I don't know, my impression is that's the one thing that's probably driven her crazy. Just has, it's, it's like equal pay for the love of God, like right. what, equal representation, diverse representation. And she has a huge platform to communicate that. And if I was in her position as a, a half black feminist, previously married woman that has never been in a royal position that was, whose voice was stifled, mm-hmm. I would be mad. Yeah. Because it's a real opportunity. Yeah. And as I famously said in my Meghan Markle poem. <laughs> I forgot about that. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I listened to it on a plane somewhere. It was very long. Um, it was. How? It was detailed. It was long. It was. Um, Could you re-release that? Because And it ended with Mary 
miracles happen yeah. from uh, <laughs> the princess. No, but my my mom, ooh, hi, if you're listening, but um, who I don't really like to listen to this podcast, she listened to that episode, and she said she was appreciative that I showed Megan some love because uh, previously I think we were all like a little critical of like mm-hmm. the Suits actress and we just saw her as an actress, but like the truth is I actually see her as having the potential to have a huge shift in the world. And I think she sees herself as having a huge shift in the world because I, I think it's incredible that of all the people in the world, Prince Harry could have chosen. He chose a woman who had been married before Mm -hmm. who said, I made a mistake who got herself out of a mistake, who is biracial, who is a feminist, who is, who, who has political feelings, who, who is a, an activist and a a humanitarian. Like, Mm She did a lot of things pre-Harry without knowing Harry was ever in the works. Yeah. And I think people forget that, like, you're not just going on UNICEF trips to make yourself look good for a potential royal suitor. Right. She actually cared. And I, and the part of me wants to be like, she didn't have a stable family. She had a crazy sister who wrote a tell-all about yeah. her. Her father was, whatever. And, like, I think that sometimes people seek family and seek roots in yeah. the way their privilege can extend to other people. And I have, I will always have a soft spot for her and I will always support her. And I just think, again, as you said earlier, and as I think we say every time, you and I are very different. Yeah. I'm a little more traditional. You're the Kate, I'm Megan. Right. And so I think I, I can see where if you have the ability to have a platform, it's just maybe going to take a little yeah. bit longer than... Like you would probably start to get a little impatient thinking, yes. when can I make, whereas right. I see it as, okay, you're married. Mm-hmm. Now you're pregnant. You'll have the child. Mm-hmm. In theory, this is for a lifetime. You have another 50, 60, 70 years to make your mark. And so maybe just to make your mark. <laughs> to make your mark. <laughs> That's funny. Sorry. Thank you. Um, you're so clever. Um, Again, and I, I'll probably make people mad saying this, but it's no, I'm, I'm just traditional. I just I respect tradition, just like I respect how certain families have certain values, and you, to a degree, you work with mm-hmm. and around those mm-hmm. values mm-hmm. until you're at a point where you can then kind of branch off. No. That's all, girl. That's not going to make people mad, and I think that's why this is so interesting. Is because some people see. Uh, tradition as an opportunity to like put your spin on it and some people respect it and then like have a long game it's short game versus long game right yeah and I think everybody's really different and I can see both sides and like honestly if I were in the presence of the queen like do I think I'd play the short game probably not (laughs) right like even I would be like yeah I believe you that your way is better yeah like I would never see my way as being better so that's why sometimes I'm like, maybe she's being a smidge aggressive because she doesn't wear tights. She paints her nails dark. She breaks all the rules all already the rules. that Kate has never broken. Yes, right. On the flip side, to defend her, she has all these, not just Hollywood, but actors and film people and all these people probably giving her advice to say, here's what you need to do in right, order. Right, they have no idea. They have no idea. And so You're it's so like, right. who do you, you know, it's like, who do you, so truly, right. I feel, I feel really bad for her because right. 
People are just out. People are just out to get her. I don't know. And when and I mean, if I could not paint my nails a sparkly red at Christmas, what, what would an I affair do with red square by OPI? What would I do? I mean, totally. Um, chinchilla is just around the corner. Oh, chinchilla is just around and the corner. I love chinchilla season. <laughs> so we have to shout out Grace. Yes, thanks, Grace. You gave us an idea. I caught her out in the Facebook group for a segment where Kelly makes a playlist. I guess the song. I'm back from the beyond. Uh, what a cliffhanger that was. I know, guys. I, I don't know how you'll wait a day or two to hear me guess the intros of songs that you probably will do even faster than me. But mm, we, we had a good time, and I, I think it's a fun um, segment that I'll post soon. And um, I hope you liked the episode. I thought it was a good conversation. I love to change it up. Sometimes it's just me. Sometimes I'll have my sister. I probably won't really do the format where I have random guests or guests trying to promote something because I'm not an interviewer. I'm not a journalist. The whole point, the whole reason I'm here is for the stream of consciousness and hopefully the relatable candor of the life and times of somebody who has not yet made it, who, who is trying to figure it out. And I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And I'm so happy that even though it's weird for a person to talk to themselves for so long, largely you guys have been so supportive and kind and seemingly entertained by when it's just you and I. And I record this like I'm talking directly to you. I imagine I'm talking directly to someone. I imagine a fireside, red wine-fueled, deep chat when I'm behind this microphone, as weird as that sounds. And I hope you feel the same way on the receiving end. And I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy to be a part of your 2019 and your, your new year. And the song I'm going to leave you with today is at the risk of a cheesy tie-in is Indeed You and I by Lady Gaga, which is a song I've talked about a lot but never actually closed with. But Kelly and I, after this conversation, went to Shoes Pub, our local haunt, till 3 a.m. And so every time we go, we walk in and somebody's singing like one of my songs. But it's never a song I always hear at karaoke. I always hear your, your Billy Joel's, your Michael Jackson's, your The Killer's, your... Your, your e- easier, more obvious go-tos that you hear at any Howl at the Moon. But I don't always hear my pop jams. And on my birthday, we heard All or Nothing, followed by It's All Coming Back to Me. And it was just, you know, a spiritual experience. And when we walked in Saturday, we heard You and I by Lady Gaga. And I was like, this, this to quote, you know, the kids these days is a bop. This is a jam. This is this is one of her best songs that is so overlooked because it's more rock and less pop. It is where she met Taylor Kinney on the set of the music video. It, it, it's, it's, it's a perfect song and it takes me to a different place, but also it reminds me of how, whether it's romantic in a couple sense or it's meaningful in a friendship sense, the value of and the depth of a one-on-one relationship. And I am grateful for you and I. I hope you are grateful for you and me. And, oh, you and me. That's a good Lifehouse song. I should think about Lifehouse. Hanging by a moment might be too cliche for my podcast, but eh, we'll address that later. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next half. And thanks for coming back. I'm so happy we got renewed and I look forward to a fun year of analysis about absolutely nothing. Let me know your thoughts, and I'll let you know mine. I'll be there in five. I swear.
says something, something about the chase. Six whole years. Oh, no. This time I'm not 